Happy Halloween, and welcome all back to episode 86 of the Zachary Wingate Podcast, where we go 365 days, bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table, and the intention of this podcast is to master and be the best at the short-form podcast, so in 15 minutes or less, you can get the information to go about your day. And if you need more information, we'll cover it in a two-part series. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the podcast as we get into it. Okay, so this podcast will be a part two for the podcast yesterday, talking about Jake Paul as it relates to determine if he is cheating or if people are betting on his fights. Um, go back and listen to it. It's it's a great podcast, in my opinion. And this one is going to get into more of the Jake Paul as a result of a question I had, where I could talk a little bit more about um, Jake Paul's impact on boxing. Okay, so the intention really is just I'm going to give you an overview. Um, so kind of understanding it. Um, this is kind of a new podcast for me. I normally don't answer questions like this. I mostly just ramble so that I do have some intention with this. So Jake Paul. So as boxing is not a new sport. I mean, it's probably in some cases considered one of the oldest sports under the sun. Um, Everyone's born with two fists. Some people learn how to use them. Some people don't. And that's really the nature of it. And that's why I think understanding one of the layers of boxing is it's very, very common. Um, It's not like you don't have to have a bunch of equipment for it. You do have to have skill and training, and I think a lot of people, the majority of people, can really identify with boxing. I think I read a review today and it was indicating that boxing in a lot of ways is, people did a poll on boxing and it's considered to be, if not, one of the most American sports. In one poll I even read it was more American than baseball. So boxing has a deep root within the United States. Um, you know, and some of, you know, there's boxing that goes back all the way to the 1700s. That's when some of the first rules were created for boxing. So with that being said, it's really trying to understand that boxing has ebb and flows, ups and downs. And, you know, there's different years that have different strengths. I mean, if we look at, you know, some of the boxing in the early 90s, I mean, I'm not sorry, in the early 1900s. You know, there's a lot of people who were considered during that time within the United States to be some of the first superstars, you know, and in a lot of ways they were, you know, and I think what what's happened within boxing over the last 25 to 35 years is the concept of personality becomes now a variable wrapped in skill. So and this might even be for the last 50 years. So. If we think of some of the the greatest boxers that run to the cream of the crop, it's not always the most well-known boxers. You know, it's like what boxers, if I said name five boxers, who would those boxers be? And you might say Muhammad Ali. Okay, so Muhammad Ali is known because obviously he's a good boxer, he's a great story, but his personality, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. You know, and then like that, that is a concept that ties into marketing. So what happened with... You know, um, Muhammad Ali changing his name, you know, fighting considered some people say considered the best. He had the phantom punch, you know, that jab step. He had really good movement, 
fluidity within his fighting, um, and he could go the rounds. You know, I think that's really where you get boxing as a whole. Um, you know, even if you fast forward to the 90s, you look at the impact of Mike Tyson. I mean, Mike Tyson was a phenomenal boxer, okay? And not only was he a phenomenal boxer, he had that bad boy image. You know, the way he talked, the way he was, you know, even going to prison when he did, and just how he could, like, knock out somebody out with his overall strength, physique, etc. Like, you know, and you get these these personalities that come to boxing. So, if we look at what Jake Paul is doing for boxing, I really think the first thing is we're looking at him as an amateur boxer. So, in a lot of ways, like, nobody can really say, you know, professional or not. Let's say, let's just judge him if he's an amateur. So, right now, as an amateur, he probably is doing more for boxing than probably any amateur right now, if we look at an amateur sense. And I base this based on a couple things. The first one is the fact that we're talking about Jake Paul as boxer. That's an in, that's an indicator right there. And you can look at different things. You can look at his Instagram. You can look at his Twitters. You can look at his Googles. You can look at all that. Number two is how much this man is hated in boxing. Okay, this generates fanfare. So really, fighting is all about creating fanfare. If it's ever going to sell any tickets, I mean, if you look at what Conor McGregor did for UFC, if that man didn't have the attitude or the swagger, like no one would really care about it. And like that really dawned on me when I was actually in a bar in DC, and Dave Chappelle came in one night with this crew, which was pretty hilarious. I recognized him because he had the shiniest bald head I've ever seen in my life, and that man. I mean, that man could eat some chicken wings. I've never seen anything like it before in my life. But what what was really interesting about it is, you know, Dave Chappelle literally said, you know, I hate Conor McGregor. And I was like, wow. Like, it wasn't even necessarily, like, it was the fact that when you hate a boxer more than you love a boxer or a fighter, you want to see them fight more. So whether he's doing it intentionally or not, there's a lot of people that hate him. So hate really creates some type of, um, it it drives it right now. And then if you look at um, those numbers, then you look at the fact that he's selling out arenas, okay? And now what's really happening is I really think Jake Paul is changing a lot of the industry of boxing because now people are willing to pay more money for amateur fights more than ever. Like, you think about it. Like, it's a $60 fight, and you're paying that. You know, if you if you pay for the UFC fight, it usually runs about $85, even with the pass, and you get a lot of fights. But you look at that right there. So people are paying more for amateur fights, not even title fights. Like, we're not even seeing Jake Paul fight for a belt, and we're still tuning in, and we're still talking about it. We're still watching it. I looked at, I just like kind of, I wanted to find indicators to prove kind of what I mean by this, and... I looked up the Google Trends, so you can look up different Google Trends, and I looked it up for Saturday night, and, like, Jake Paul was number two, but behind the Powerball, and Jake Paul on Google had over a million searches, okay, like a million, so a million people were engaged with this fight, now, if you think about that, even if, you know, even if half of them 
bought that pay-per-view. I mean, you're looking at, like, what, 30 million? If I'm not, like, off of my numbers. If 1 million people, if 1 million people fought the fight at 699, that'd be 60 million. Let me do the math real quick. Yeah, I double-checked it, and I was right. But the point is, is that's so many people, not as a potential, even if a quarter of them bought the fight, I mean, that's still, what, 15 million? And Jake Paul's getting 1.5 million off the fight, um, Sylvia's getting 500,000, which doesn't seem like a lot, but they're getting percentages. And I think they split the overall cut 35%. So 35% of whatever those numbers, it's just showing it's like, and the point I'm trying to make is like, you look at 1 million tonight and that's the Bengals because of Monday night football. So right now it's like the Bengals have as much impact on what people are doing via Google searches as Jake Paul did. Jay Paul is one person. The bank, the Bengals are a whole franchise that almost won the Super Bowl. So that's really the point I'm trying to make is Jake Paul is pushing the needle. Like, in I can't say professionally because he's not fighting professional boxers yet. And I think that's really the difference we have to look at is Jake Paul is changing the way we look at amateur boxing. I mean, you have Nate Diaz. Like, even when Nate Diaz fought... I don't even know about that fight, but you look at Nate Diaz's last fight and there was even rumblings and people talking about how he wanted to go to Jake Paul and have a fight, have this payday, you know, and you look at fighting, if it's generated right, it can generate enough money, um, you know, and, and like with that being said, it's like people can make a lot of money fighting, you know, I think the average UFC fighter maybe only makes 80 or 90 grand a fight think about that you're fighting 80 or ninety thousand dollars to get in a fight with the skilled freaking assassin to get your face beat in and all of that and you go and fight an amateur fight with jake paul and you make five hundred thousand. i mean that is such a difference right there you know it's like the ufc i mean obviously the ufc has more frequency so as a result of having more frequency in fights kind of differentiates the price model for what they got to pay their fighters but if you look at you know the model with jake paul right now if you're fighting jake paul and you last and you take a f- couple of jabs in the face and you make half a million dollars you know it's like i like i'm gonna literally google this right now to determine what i mean andrew silva has a net worth of eight million dollars so five hundred thousand dollars i mean i mean that's potentially six percent of his net worth and now we look at Jake Paul. I mean, Jake Paul right now, I think, has a net worth close to $310 million, which is just insane. So, I mean, that in itself is just crazy to be putting up those kind of numbers as a YouTube and as a boxer. But that's really where, really where I think boxing is heading is who will fight Jake Paul. It's not like this new thing where it's like, Oh, this is the for the world championship. This is a title shot. This he's been fighting for this his whole life. It's like no, we've kind of entered into this, I'd say hybrid phase of highly athletic hybrid professional um, social media influencer athletes. I mean, you look at what Jake Paul's been able to do. You look at his physique, and if the if the fights aren't creating stage or if the fights are legit. You know, which I can't really say for certain if it is or isn't, you know, then I mean, he's going the rounds with Eddie Silva, you know, and in itself, that is ridiculous that someone who started boxing two years ago could do that. So you look at that in the trajectory and the fact that he's six and oh, 
and you know no one really wants to fight him but let's say you do put a Nate Diaz Jake Paul fight I mean people are going to pay to watch that fight I mean you look at the followers right now so let's do it based on social media followers Jake Paul has 20 million followers I think Nate Diaz has um eight you know I think I mean now too what we have to really think about is like if we could find someone to fight Jake Paul I mean, Eddie Silva is still, like, the most legitimate fighter. But, two, we have to understand about clout. Like, a lot of these flights, fights are really going to turn turn to clout. Who is Jake Paul fighting? Like, Jake Paul has to fight now certain people in order to generate wealth, which is great, but he's kind of put himself in a little bit of a box. Like, he can either fight somebody just to fight him to prove a point, or he can fight somebody to make money. If you look right now... Uh, he fought Tyson Woodley. And I'm doing this just to show you different indi- data points. Tyson Woodley has 2 million followers on Instagram. Not bad. Then you look at Eddie Silva. Eddie Silva has 4.6. Okay. Let's say he fights Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz has 6 million. So that in itself could generate a lot of different. Um, because a lot of. And I say that because a lot of these fights are promoted on social media TikTok, Instagram. You know, you're not getting like. A lot of promoters doing it as much as, you know, as Jake Paul can do it because he has the platform. You have 20 million people on your Instagram and your et cetera. You can really promote the fight. So I think Jake Paul is changing the world of celebrity boxing and amateur boxing. I think he's elevating it. He's making it become this hybrid, more professional athletics. If you look back at amateur boxing before, there was probably never really a boxer like Jake Paul. So that's how he's changing the game. I cannot say he's changing professional boxing where he's having title by t- title shots. They're doing things like that. But the amateur boxing world is just off the chains. Not the same thing. I mean, and it's competing in a lot of ways. And it's like, and what happens now is you have Dana White called him out about fighting Eddie Silva. He fought Eddie Silva and he won. So, you know, people really now have to look at Jake Paul and be like, okay, like he's legitimate. Like, he can fight a legitimate person. And if Nate, De- Nate Diaz steps in that ring in the fight, you know, they're already, they're already trying to drum up a little controversy behind stage to create fanfare, which boxing and UFC and all fighting needs. So I honestly think if that happens and Nate Diaz takes that fight, you know, we're going to see the next level of it. But I honestly think boxing comes in waves, but amateur boxing does not. And I think Jane Paul is changing amateur boxing as we know it. You know, and I mean that in the sense of no title fights, but he is getting paid. So those are my two cents. We'll talk to you tomorrow.